0: This computer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one of the Facility Talk podcast powered by Bimol Lead Athletics and Project Baseball. Today's guest, first year professional player, uh, pitching coach at Bimol Lead Athletics, good friend of mine, Drew Marufo. Drew, thanks for coming on, man, doing this.
1: Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of
0: course, dude. Hey, first year, he's in the Pioneer League. Uh, up in Boise, right? We just had to talk about the situation <laughs> about that stuff. Boise, Idaho, for the Boise Hawks, uh, and I felt it was fitting just to bring you on for the first episode of the show, just because I feel like we share a lot of the same experiences, um, just for or our, throughout our playing careers as well as our training careers. So, because I know uh, right now, obviously, you're in professional. I'm in my last year of college baseball. But, you know, we've gone through the same thing, you know, just the politics of college baseball as well as injuries, uh, training together, all that stuff. So I'm really happy to have you on here. I'm excited to get into it. So, you know, what has the experience been like for your first year of professional baseball? I'm sure there's been a lot of things that have jumped out of you right away, um, just about like the level of competition, just the way guys go about that. So, I mean, have you had you know, people like to call it like your welcome to baseball or pro ball experience. So have you had any of those yet?
1: Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, good and bad. Um, I remember my, I want to say it was our first road trip and we're playing in Grand Junction. Uh, if you don't know, Grand Junction's, it's a, it's a short porch. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, at uh. No, so it's actually my second outing. It was my second outing in Grand Junction. We had already pitched there. Uh did pretty well for my first outing there. The second outing I had, I could not throw an off-speed pitch to save my life in the zone. So, first inning, okay, put up a zero. <laughs> and then we have the pitch clock and the pitch clock. There's good and bad things about it. Yeah, it speeds up the game, but um so the rule is that that the hitter has to have his eyes up first eight seconds. Well, he's not even in the box w- within eight or er, with eight seconds left. And I'm like, I might have to quick pitch him here. Like, <laughs> so. <laughs> you gotta
0: in before the 20, the 20 second violation, we got to.
1: Yeah. So, and so I think the clock I'm at two right now. And uh Ronnie gives me the sign or my catcher gives me the sign and I'm like, well, I'm not gonna take a disengagement to give him time. So boom, I throw the first pitch. He didn't even like he looked up and it was I turned back, it was like ninety six. And I was like and he's looking at the umpire like and I'm like, Well man, I'm sorry, man. I'm not gonna
0: You gotta throw the ball, man, you know?
1: I gotta take a shake. Sure enough. And sure you know, pitch, I come back with the heater. I miss middle, middle with this fastball. And just the sound off the bat, I was like, well, that's gone. Didn't look at it. And I'm over here trying to ask for a ball. And in Grand Junction, they got these new lights, like these LED ones that flash on and off. And I'm like, all right, I can't even get the ball right now. So, (laughs) so yeah, that was, that was, that was, I think my welcome to pro baseball because yeah, you know, I, you know, I like to say that I got, you know, pretty good velocity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you miss middle, middle and you can't land an off speed pitch in the zone, you know, yeah. it's, it's pretty easy to hit a fastball. So, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Anyone, anyone can time it up eventually, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, especially like Pioneer League, I feel like in recent years, it's starting like the idea around independent leagues is starting to change. Cause, you know, in the past, it was, you know, independent league, is, like, they're like, oh, you know, that's like last stop, last resort. Like, you know, you don't competition yeah. is not that good. But then, you know, in the last few years, there's been a big shift where you know a lot of like MLB affiliated teams they cut a lot of their rosters. They cut like their minor league teams and everything. So a lot of these um, independent leagues, you know, the Pioneer League, the um, uh, what is it, the American Association, the yeah. there's a couple other ones in there. But you know, they're just flooded with. Ex minor league guys, um, guys that won national championships in college, um, a bunch of really good talent. So you know you're getting honestly the cream of the crop. You know every yeah. different path. So
1: yeah, I, I mean, so like just to take this for an example. Like you know, I didn't have such a you know we'll get into it later. I didn't have really, I would say, a successful college career. But you know, I look at you know, the teams, the guys we play against and the guys that are on my team, like, dude, I got a guy that was in double (laughs) A not too long ago and, and we're roommates right now and uh, on the road and stuff. So it just goes to show you that, you know, there's, you know, no matter what level of professional baseball, there are just dudes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and I mean the same thing can be applied to college too. Like, you know, you run into guys and you're you're sitting there, you're like, How are yeah <laughs> how are you not playing so like I remember last year we, we had a game. We played um one of the schools in our conference, their game one starter was ninety three to ninety six, topping ninety seven for six inch straight. <laughs> and I mean, granted he, he got drafted in the last round, but it's like, dude, really? Like <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. You know, I, I think I think a lot of guys, especially younger guys in high school, they get caught up with the idea of wanting to go D1 or wanting to get drafted yeah. out of high school, you know? Yeah. And it's like, dude, yeah. like, trust me, there's a lot of good players everywhere. It, it's more important, especially when you're looking for a college, to go somewhere where you can develop, you know, develop as a person, develop as a player, hone those skills so that hopefully, you know, after that you, you've developed enough to where you can – earn a, an opportunity and you know I mean, for you you know you had an interesting college career correct like you started about two years you right, two years at uh University of New Mexico right
1: so yeah so uh I actually signed to to UNM as a catcher mm-hmm. um so and obviously there were several factors that led into me uh now being a pick, pitcher but but yeah I started off uh signing as a catcher to UNM and I I thought I was never going to be a pitcher. You uh, know, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this I, I pitched more in my college career than I did in high school in one yeah. year, in one year of college baseball. And yeah. so, so yeah.
0: Yeah. So you went two years at, or right two years at UNM, correct? Right. Yeah. And then you got hurt. And then when you, after you came back from injury, they cut you. Right. And then
1: so, so this is so, so first. <laughs>
0: It's, I, I remember there was a lot of there was a lot of things that happened yeah. when you because yeah. when you first met you had just you were like yeah I'm looking for a place to play now everything like that so
1: so yeah I'll I'll try to keep it short but uh, ended up getting hurt and I got crossed up uh, catching in state playoffs uh, kind of thought it was nothing you know just got jammed whatever uh, when I got to UNM my thumb was still bothering me. And, you know, I'm catching, I'm catching this guy and he's a future third rounder. He was our future third rounder. And, and I think I've just absolute sausage 15 of the 20 that he threw in the bullpen. First bullpen I caught in college and I'm like, okay, something's not right. Go in, found out that I had a, a torn UCL on my thumb. So Right off the bat, I was already out for my first year of college uh, baseball. So um, that happened, ended up uh, recovering, and then I, start, I started hopping in drills middle of the season, you know, to start training again. Then my arm started acting up, uh, ended up having a decompression. Uh, you know, I had some nerve trouble in my arm. Decided that summer that I was going to go all in on pitching, Came to UNM, didn't have a scholarship, new recruiting coordinator and, you know, pitching coach. Um, Went into the fall with the fastball, ended up making it. (laughs) Uh, Ended up making it to the fall. There's something in there. There's something in there. Uh, Uh, Ended up uh, actually pitching, you know, did pretty well. Uh, Got my feet wet. You know, expected to get a scholarship the next year. And that didn't happen. They did tell me, "Hey, if you if you're one to three, you know we'll think about giving you some money the next fall." Okay, so I just became obsessed with trying to throw hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, come back to UNM. It's my third year. It's my redshirt sophomore year. I walk in the locker room and there's sixty two guys. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> And I'm like, all right. And so, and you know, the scholarship deal, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of them. There's just like 11 and a half between a 35 man roster. So ended up making first, first round of cuts, made it through the fall. Uh, Didn't have a good fall. Just couldn't put guys away. I'd get them, get ahead one, two, couldn't put them away. And then, you know, made it through the fall come back for the spring and two days before opening, you know, opening day in Arizona, called me in, Hey, we're going to let you go. Uh, I was like, wow. Yeah. uh, I found out really quick that, you know, it's, it's pretty cutthroat. Even at the college level. So, and it, it only gets worse from, you know, the higher you go. So, yeah. um, But so that happened. And then, of course, COVID happened that year. So <laughs> this is kind of where me and you started meeting each other. Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, so I, I went home. Uh, I was actually talking to a couple of schools before COVID happened and was set back to go, you know, bounce back to another D1. That didn't pan out just because everybody got their years back and the whole eligibility situation. Mm-hmm. So that's where – you know i got a i got lost in the portal um and i feel like you know a lot of guys you know even professionally got you know covid got them yeah <laughs> that's when that yeah. and that's when like all these you know cuts even with with these professional teams you know in the pioneer league so but yeah that was an interesting year for sure yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i i i like your story a lot because um, you worked through all that stuff during the COVID time when everything was shut down, you know, I mean, we were grinding away in the facility when we could. And then you actually ended up getting another opportunity at Central Methodist University in Missouri. And you played there for a year and then came. Right. And then you ended up taking a bet on yourself and you trained there for or at Bimal uh, in El Paso, Texas for almost a year just straight right. there. It was full-time job you know, or at that point you know oh yeah (laughs) you yeah you you had that moment where you're like this is what I want to do with my life you're like you know right you can't especially with baseball if you're trying to play at the next level it's not one of those things where you're like I'll just dip my feet in you know it's like no you either got to go for it or you know there's a good chance it's not going to pan out that way and you know you're one of the you're one of the awesome stories where you know you went for it and you know you ended up getting first overall pick at the pioneer league draft for the tryout, um, going in throwing mid nineties. So, you know, it's awesome stuff. And, you know, we, you know, I'm sure when you're back in El Paso, you know, you're working with guys, we run into that issue a lot where a lot of the younger guys, you know, they only want to come in like a few times a week, you know, and they're like, yeah, "Yeah, like I want to play, but you know, and, and then it's hard, you know, like what, what have you tried to do to where it's like get them to understand where it's like, Hey, you really want to do this. You know, you gotta, you gotta buy into the program and you know, you can't just be here like once, twice a week, you know, you gotta be in here multiple times a week getting your work in.
1: Right. Um, I would say, you know, and I think this would apply to me and you um, if Bimol was around when we were 14 years old, I think it's a completely different, situation Mm -hmm. for both of us yeah Um, I'll tell you this I'll be the first one to tell you I had no foundation going into college absolutely nothing not a strength program not a throwing program uh, nutrition Um, and you know once I realized that all these things are super crucial you know to actually you know Going, what we wanted to do was, you know, throw a lot harder so we can get, you know, pro opportunity, better college opportunity, better pro opportunity. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just having a foundation where, hey, you know, it's going to take a little more than, you know, just a couple arm circles, you know, Mm -hmm. to actually throw hard. Yeah. Um, And not only throw hard, but stay healthy at the same time. Yeah. So that, I think that's that's the biggest thing is getting these guys to understand, you know, you needed to do all these things, play a role, mm-hmm. you know, into getting you into the next level.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I, I remember this summer, um, Fernie Zubia, the guy who works with all the like, strength, strength and conditioning yeah. at the El Paso location. Um, one of the main things that him and I would talk about is we'd have like the younger kids that would come in. And their parents would be like, oh, I want them to work on their mechanics, all this stuff. And it's like, hey, yes, I you can coach the most perfect mechanics. But if they don't have the foundation of strength, like you said, arm strength, all that stuff, their mechanics, they're not going to be able to maintain them over a period of time. You know, a lot of the positions that like high velocity throwers, you know, like yourself, you know, you're a mid 90s guy. Um, a lot of the times the positions you get into are not possible if you don't have a good foundation of strength, a mobility, elasticity. So it's like, Hey, okay, we want to get to that point, but we got to take, you know, one step back, take two steps forward, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing to teach, but, um, you know, once you get that right mentality, you know, it's, you know, sky's the limit for a lot of these guys that we get in there, you know, Um, right. You know, Aaron, you know, Aaron Alba, yeah. Um, you know, he's been one of the guys, you know, he came in, skinny little guy. Now he's, know, he's getting, (laughs) uh, he threw in live ABs, uh, the week before I left. Um, and you know, his all time top, I think, is like 80, like just under 88. I think I want to say it's like 87.5, 87.6, something like that. Okay. He was literally averaging like 86. Nine eighty seven the entire time so it's like and he's like hey i'm bummed that npr it's like dude you came in you were throwing 74 (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, so it's fun stuff like that you know
1: and i think that's the biggest thing that frustrates me and i think me and you you know specifically you know there's some other guys you know i've called them the og bible guys uh you know, we start we start BIMOL and we have this program, and it's like a, hey, you know, I'm making I'm hitting PRs every week, and then you get stuck, mm-hmm. and you know you get stuck. You can go down, but you know that's where a lot of guys I think get disencouraged. Uh, you know, I think that's just stuff you got to persevere through. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, fight yeah. through a little adversity. Yeah. So I I think that's the biggest, the most frustrating thing I see with these young kids is, you know, them get, you know, disencouraged when they hit a roadblock. But, you know, I mean, I've, I didn't hit 95 for, you know, two and a half years. And that was the biggest thing. And I've been, I was stuck at 93 for, I don't know, two years, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean everybody's
1: I'd say everybody's story's different. So
0: yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think one of the big things um that a lot of guys that helps a lot of guys get through that plateau is actually like you know, developing a set routine that they have to do every day. It's like, hey, yeah. your sleep, your nutrition, all that stuff. And I mean, for you, um, as a relief pitcher, I mean we're both relief pitchers. Um you know, I'm on the college schedule. So, you know, we usually do a game Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday with a game, maybe a midweek Tuesday. And then sometimes if it's a crazy week, we'll have um, a game Tuesday and Wednesday. So that's four, four or five opportunities that I'll throw in a game as a reliever. And, I mean, for you, right. you, you guys play almost every single day. So have yeah. you found like your set routine that you have to do every single day to one, just keep your body moving so that, you know, you're not always hanging after the day if you pitch um, or like just keeping you mentally sharp, you know, what, what routine have you really found that helps you stay prepared to pitch, you know, two days or uh, what is it like two days in a row? Yeah. Two days in a row break. And then you pitch another two days in a row. Is, what, what has been the trick for you?
1: I mean, I've got, I've got all sorts of things to a T. And, you know, you get into it, especially when you're playing every day. Like we play 96 games in four and a half months, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're playing, you know, Mondays are off. We're playing Tuesday through Sunday, you know, and the exact same times except the day game on Sunday. So it's pretty easy, I would say, to get into a routine. Uh, but I'll tell you, I, I wake up, go shower, after I get in the shower, I go straight to to do Wim Hof breathing. I'll do three rounds. Uh, I have to do three rounds every day, especially, like, even the days before I pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. That just kind of – it's just one of the big things that I think has taken me to the next level, yeah. I would say.
0: No, it's um, – if, if you're listening and you've never tried Wim Hof breathing, give it a try, like, before your game. My teammates make fun of me all the time, but before, yeah. <laughs> dude, before we take VP, I'll I'll find like a nice little shaded spot, something. I'll pop my earbuds in and I'll just lay there on the ground and do three rounds of that, and you feel so good, like you feel relaxed, everything like that. So it's it's a huge thing.
1: Yeah, and I think, and even then, I'll start thinking about you know what's it gonna feel like when I go pitch. You know what's it gonna you know. Mm-hmm. Just certain things you know surroundings and stuff uh, but after that I'll go into red light therapy I'll do red light therapy um, after I do red light therapy you know I usually hit uh, this restaurant it's called Mobetta's it's <laughs> it's a it's a hawaiian you know style restaurant but okay I'll I'll get, I'll get grilled teriyaki chicken with rice and mac salad every day <laughs> and then they're, cook- uh, they book-
0: they're cooking in, in Boise. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They got a couple. and They're spread out <laughs> this, uh, to the Northwest, but yeah, it's just kind of like my spot that mm-hmm. I like to eat. Um, I, I try to get to the field early. Um, there's certain days. So the, the pretty cool thing is uh, I call it the prison gym, but there's actually a gym under our, uh, our first base side bleachers in Boise. So I'll actually go, I'll do, I'll lift Uh you know, even especially days I'm hot and I know like I can very well go into the game. I'll lift. Um, after that, uh, we'll go into team dynamic and stuff. And then I, I do my routine that, that we do every day at Bimal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do that. And then I think the biggest thing that's helped me and as far as endurance and stuff is catch play. I'll, I'll, I'll try to stretch it out. Um, That's one of the big things that I feel has been has helped me able to bounce back. You know, I'll go throw 20 pitches this day. I'll be ready to throw another 20 pitches the next day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had outings where I'm actually throwing harder the second day than I did the first day. So um, routine is everything, Uh, Yeah, you know, to staying healthy, uh, performing. So that's that's kind of my routine. Yeah, I mean, and
0: then just humans in general, we function better when we're on a set routine basis. You're constantly just throwing your body into shock and everything like that. It's you're not going to yeah. see any good results, you know. And then, right. you know, also like just on the mental side, having a mental routine, especially as a relief pitcher, because, you know, you don't necessarily have time to dwell on bad outings when no one and you know it's just part of the game you know especially as a pitcher you're gonna they're gonna happen um but what you do is you just want to limit the amount that you have so you know i i know for like for myself i one thing that really helped me like throughout summer ball when i was in that position like late inning relief when i'd have multiple outings throughout a week where it's like okay hey i did this really well this I did it like this didn't go well, but you know, maybe it was out of my control. Okay. I can't dwell on that. You know, I just got right. to focus on what I can control and just keep care and like, carry over the confidence from a good outing into the next one. And then hopefully just let it snowball, keep going. So, I mean, I'm sure you have similar experiences with that. Just handling bouncing back quick, handling the adversity.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's the biggest thing, uh, you know, especially in pro bowl, Pro ball is pretty cutthroat. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I've got teammates that I started the year with. (laughs) Or I had teammates that I started the year with. And, you know, now that feels like a distant memory. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's always transactions going on in the uh, Pioneer League. Um, So, yeah, I mean.
0: (sighs) It's a dog-eat-dog world. Yeah, yeah actually, it's, it's a, a doggy national level.
1: It's a it's a
0: job, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's um, you know, I learned pretty quick. I I did. I'll tell you right now, I didn't have the success I thought I would have had. You know, at the beginning, I thought I would have hit the floor running. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you this: everybody's, you know, that's in this league, you know, independent leagues, you know, across the country, frontier league, American Atlantic they want to go back. This is to get back into affiliate bowl. Yeah. Or to get the opportunity to go into affiliate bowl. So yeah, I mean, it's just different, you know?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta develop that mentality where it's like, Hey, you know, maybe, you know, somebody on the other team where it's like, yeah, like yeah. you guys are cool. But once you get on the field, it's like, Hey, we gotta, you know, it's, yeah, it's for a chance at the next level. And you're competing against that person that's across the lines, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, but you know, for you, you know, you when we were scheduling this call, you were talking about how um, today was your off day, but you guys just got back in town at 6 <laughs> a.m. this
1: morning. <laughs> as yeah,
0: as the travel been pretty rough, or is it somewhat nice? Like, what are they? What are they usually got for you guys?
1: Um, I mean, you're not gonna find. There's just a lot of long bus rides in the Pioneer League, I'll tell you that. Um, So, I mean, for the most part, you know, the teams aren't, you know, a ridiculous, you know, long distance from each other. But, you know, there's there's places like we went to Colorado Springs earlier in the year. We only had one trip over there. Uh, It was a 14-hour bus ride back after a night game. So, yeah, so that was that one's that one was up there. Uh, There's but it's different because we have the off day the next day. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, but there was I think we played July 2nd. It was our 4th of July game. It's a Sunday. And, you know, we play the night game because they want to have fireworks. We had three nights of fireworks in a row. And we got to play Grand Junction the next day at Grand Junction. (laughs) <laughs> so, and Grand Junction's like a nine to 10 hour bus ride from Boise. So I think we finished the game 10, 30, 11.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, it's, it's Hey, let's get, we got to get the loops in, uh, you know, get ready to go. So we got about two hours after the game and I think we're leaving at midnight. We left at midnight through the night, slept on the bus through the night, got to the hotel in Grand Junction at 9 a.m. And we had to play at 6.30, 7 o'clock that same day. And I ended up actually throwing three innings that day.
0: Oh, yeah. Love it. So
1: do? I actually didn't do too bad. I, I did give up two earned, but, you know, two earned in Grand Junction ain't too bad. <laughs> hey,
0: hey, that high elevation is not. everyone yeah. tell told me that it's 290 down the corners. or more the Yeah. Corners? That, okay, that's. That's a win,
1: <laughs> and and it's it's kind of crazy. So I think they they didn't have the numbers down the line of what it was, and I was like, dude, there's no way a team of three hundred to this to the corner down the left field line. Mm-hmm. And they put, I kid you not, it was the same series where the next day it says three hundred five, and I'm like, bullshit. I go on Google Earth, I go on Google Earth, and I put a pinpoint from home plate down the left field line. It's two ninety one.
0: <laughs> They're trying and, to sneak it in there. They're trying to sneak it and, in regulations. Man.
1: <laughs> you you look at everybody in the lineup in Grand Junction on Grand Junction's team. The, I don't think I found an average under three hundred.
0: Yeah. So hit, with
1: less hit, than ten home runs,
0: big hitting team.
1: I love it Yeah. So, yeah. So and that's the whole. It's the entire league. Is it's just a hitters league. Mm-hmm. I think our place is the best, easiest pitch, place to pitch at. Oh yeah, I by far the easiest, easiest place to pitch at. The it's not as high elevation. It's actually you know, a respectable distances <laughs> down the line. Uh, yeah. And I think they'll, and even then we have a jet stream to right field like the first couple of innings. So, mm-hmm. so it just goes to show you what kind of league the Pioneer League is. Right.
0: Yeah. A lot, a lot of different atmospheres, but still a lot oh, of that's for sure. I don't know. Yeah. So when you guys are on the bus trips, obviously, you know, there might be a time when you guys are awake, stuff like that. You guys play anything to keep – you guys play the macular grid to keep you guys feeling loose have having some fun? <laughs> so
1: when I so – so we'll play in the locker room mm-hmm. if I forget to play in the morning. And I'll tell you this, I haven't been doing it for that long. It's maybe been two weeks. did, did you've been today? on it for two weeks? yeah, so no, I haven't done it today.
0: Do you want to do it? We can do it right now.
1: yeah, we can do it right now. Right, let's, let's go it. ahead and do that right now.
0: Let's do it. are we going are we gonna go for the rarity score or are we gonna go for the just to fill it out?
1: I think we can go fill it out, okay Um All right. you want to do it on your screen?
0: Yeah, can you see this? okay. Yeah, I can. All right, perfect. All right, so we're looking at Diamondbacks, Detroit Tigers. I already got one for that, but I think the rarity score is not going to be two.
1: Okay. What are we What are we going for, just to fill it out? Now that you put me on the spot, I can't think of a guy right now.
0: <laughs> I, I got somebody already. What do you got? J.D. JD Martinez. What for the Diamondbacks? did, yeah. Second half hero. I use his show card all the time. Yeah, 20%. Okay, 20%, twenty percent. Okay,
1: that's not, not terrible.
0: No, no. I also got one for the Diamondbacks and Indians. I'm. I'm. I have a. I have a guy in mind. Controversial pitcher right now.
1: Oh. Wow, that one's sneaky too. Yeah, dude. People forget. Everybody forgets about those Diamondback days. Yeah,
0: dude, dude. he debuted with the Diamondbacks.
1: Trevor Bauer.
0: Trevor Bauer. Yeah, thirty-two percent. A lot of people guess. Yeah, okay.
1: I'm actually surprised that's even that high.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's see.
1: Detroit Gold Glove.
0: Detroit Gold Glove. Ooh,
1: Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder won a Gold Glove. Did he? I'm a huge Prince no.
0: fan because I grew yeah. up. Milwaukee, I'm a Milwaukee Bruce fan, and I grew up in around Milwaukee. So I, but I don't know if he won one there.
1: I don't think he did. No,
0: oh, no, that's uh, yeah, let's, let me, what's I, that
1: guy's name? Iglesias.
0: Um. Oh, oh, oh! So
1: <laughs>
0: I can't think of it off the top of my head. We'll come back to that so, one, all right?
1: Yeah, I might have to look that one up. Yeah, okay. I think I might be right, though.
0: All right, yeah. Okay, Gold Glove, Cleveland, I got one. I don't think a lot what of you people get this one. I got Grady Sizemore. I'm pretty sure he won one with them. Let's see. Eight percent. Let's go. Wow.
1: Good, that was a good pick. That's a good pick.
0: All right. Okay. What are we looking um, at? We're pitchers. We got to go for the Cy Youngs on the far right.
1: Yeah. Um. Did Ubaldo Jimenez win with Cleveland?
0: I think he, he may have. I think he did. I think he did. Let's see. Let's go. Let's go. He did pitch for the Indians, right? Yes, he did. Okay, let's see.
1: No. No.
0: Oh. Bummer. Okay, all right. Well, now we're just gonna have to go to for the the rest of them. We got to be perfect now for the West.
1: Dude, he had a really good. He had a couple good years with the Cleveland Indians too. Hmm.
0: Um. Oh, we could have put Bob Feller, but that's probably the most common one.
1: I think Detroit's just so easy to think about. So many guys. You got Verlander.
0: Verlander. Scherzer. Scherzer. Did Scherzer win one at, in Detroit?
1: I don't think he did.
0: No, I want to say no. Yeah,
1: Verlander for sure did. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, Justin Verlander. We'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, sixty-eight percent most common.
1: yeah
0: uh, Cy Young with the A's. I we could throw it back to Moneyball era. Good old Barry Zito. I'm sure that's the most common pick, though.
1: I didn't hear about that name until yesterday. By the way. Barry Zito, yeah,
0: one of the best curveballs of all time. See, (laughs) legend, legend, right there. A's gold glove. I have a sneaky. I have. I have a sneaky one for this. Everyone forgets because he's known for his hitting. But Mark McGuire won a gold glove.
1: No, he didn't.
0: Yes, he did. Look, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he won a gold glove. Five percent. That's cool.
1: Wow. wow. It's it's right at the
0: beginning of his career. I want to say it was probably his, I, I, one of his first three seasons in the league when he was still, like, when he wasn't really just no, – like, he was still a really good hitter. But, yeah, sneaky. Yeah, not on the juice yet,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: not yet, not yet. All right. Um, A's, Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm out. I, I have no idea on this one.
1: Too. Here's the thing: I always try to think about notable guys with the team, and then I'll go, "Did they play for this other team though?" Yeah. So, like right now, I'm thinking Ricky Henderson, but I don't think he played. He, for he no, players. no, he.
0: I'm he retired. I'm pretty sure he retired as an as an a's, or an A. I could be yeah. wrong.
1: The Yankees for sure.
0: Uh, oh, he did play for the Yankees. I'm an idiot. Oh. oh, oh, oh! What's his name? I got. Dude, I I have somebody in my head. Like I can picture them, but I can't think of their name.
1: Mm. Hitter,
0: pitcher. Um, pretty sure it was a pitcher. Dude. Uh... Ah, oh, did he though? I'm pretty sure. Does Sean Doolittle play for both of them?
1: I was thinking Doolittle.
0: <laughs> Didn't did he? or was that the Nationals? Because he's been on a lot of teams. He
1: did he did pitch for the Nationals for sure? I he do for remember sure pitch for
0: the Nationals. They did also pitch for the A's, but I'm trying to remember if he pitched for the Diamondbacks. Ooh. Let's see. We're already chalked. Might as well look it up, Did he? am
1: trying to here. spell his name right. Here we go. Found it. He did not oh, play yeah. for the Diamondbacks. It's pretty hard, or pretty easy to mix teams up, especially. I'm better at I mixed so much. Yeah,
0: no, I I mix them up all the time too.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm better at the uh, the award one, so like like the awards and then you're like the team, than I am at yeah. like who played for who. I'm sure when Joe yeah. does this, he's gonna be he's gonna be laughing at us because that dude's a legend on this, and we we can't figure this
1: out. Well, that's also what happens when you're a 13 year. That's regular. true. Yeah, he
0: he's got he's got a good. <laughs> all right, let's he
1: played see. for a few of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know who probably won a gold glove? I guarantee. Did he? I bet. I, Ty I'm Cobb, telling you it's a Ty Cobb. I bet he won a gold glove. You think? For the for the tiger? I
1: couldn't tell you. I could not tell you.
0: No. Yeah. Dude, I'm really yeah. struggling right now, man. I mean, why are these so? I hard? think.
1: I want to say this guy's name is Susie Glesias that I'm thinking of.
0: Hey, Susie Glesias. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me. Cy Young Indians, didn't Corey Kluber win one?
1: Yes. Okay, Jose, Jose Iglesias. I'm pretty sure this guy won one. Jose All right, let's Jose see. Iglesias. Hmm? Yeah, to have. No! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Drew, we suck. <laughs> Dude, he was on, like, every top ten play when he was with the Tigers. Oh, oh that's brutal.
0: Wow. This is an unfortunate turn of events.
1: We're gonna. I can't
0: wait to get flamed by by Mr. Joe Bimel about how bad we did on this.
1: We botched three or four of them, didn't we? Three. Yeah. 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 And it's, a couple of high percentages that ain't gonna play.
0: No, it won't. It's all right though. There's always tomorrow, you know. I'm, I, I've I've literally this is probably the third one I've done, and I just I consistently see people always talking about it, so I figured I'm gonna give it another try.
1: But. I always laugh because uh, every time Joe puts, it's always a good day when I can use myself. It's a good day for me, too, because I start off with 1% Joe Bible.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always super low, too. Yeah. yeah exactly. I don't
1: know. That's,
0: it's always funny to me. But, oh, I don't know. Dude, it's nice there right now.
1: Dude, it's, yeah. I'm not a cloud in the sky right now. 80 That's degrees, better,
0: better than dealing with the the Missouri weather from when you were pitching it. <laughs> what was that like? For, the first, I feel like
1: it, when you get back, I kind ca- I kind of got I got I kind of lucked out because I didn't I wasn't really ready to pitch because I was coming back from a flexor pronator thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: for like the first month. So, but like I'll tell you this: 60 degrees and sunny felt like. A really nice day in El Paso.
0: Oh, it in the Midwest, if you're playing baseball in like those like January to February, if you get like a fifty-five to sixty sunny day, it's perfect day. Chef's kiss. Oh perfect. my gosh. It feels amazing.
1: But um, now when you got 39 and clouds, uh, a little windy. It,
0: it's bad. It gets bad. We played so my first year here in Kansas. We played in Oklahoma at the beginning of the season. It was like our second road trip. The coldest game I've ever been a part of. It was thirty-five degrees with forty five mile an hour winds blowing straight in from left field and we were on the third side. Dude, I had to. I had to pitch. I couldn't feel a thing. I was like, I like I don't even know how to warm up. Cause it's like, yeah. like you just go through the warm up, but it's like dude, I you don't you stop for a second and you don't feel anything. It's, yeah. it's cold. I-
1: I feel like anytime I got ready in like that kind of weather, mm-hmm. when it was time to pitch, I just kind of went numb. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't know if it felt the same way, but I would just go numb. And then right after I got into the dugout, I was like, "All right, let me get my jacket on." Right, you know, maybe number two. Yeah. It's so cold. <laughs> <You> no, <know>, the, <laughs> the issue
0: the issue I run into is, uh, do I have a baseball? Of course, baseball player that doesn't have a baseball in his room. The issue I run into is. I can't feel my fingertips when it gets, yeah. when I'm pitching. So, like, I have really, I don't have a whole lot of feel for the ball coming off my hand. And it's yeah. really not as big of an issue with the fastball, but off speed pitches, especially if you're like a big, like, you get a lot of pressure on like your middle finger, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Hard.
0: It is hard as in cold weather. But
1: it's also kind of hard when you can't feel your your fingers. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and, yeah, yeah, you exactly, just got no feel. Big, big deal. You Got no but, touch.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, we had that game, and then this past year we played, and it was thirty degree, or it was thirty degrees when we got to the field, but the real feel, I want to say, it was like 15, 17. but it wasn't windy. It was just ice cold. And we're all bundled up. Dude, we literally look we look like the Michelin man because it was just like we had <laughs> leggings yeah. on, We had our baseball pants over the leggings. And then it was everyone had like their beanies on. Yeah. Some people would go hat, beanie. I didn't. I would I would just go beanie, hood. Yeah. And then we go, like obviously you have your jersey on. So you have sleeves on like over your jersey, sleeves under your jersey, short sleeve shirt, and then like cut off. Like I would wear a tank top. Yeah. But, yeah, dude it, it gets it gets rough when it, it's cold those first two months. But hey, you're out of it now. You get to enjoy yeah. a nice, <laughs> nice 75 to 85 degree sunny, sunny weather in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell
1: you what it's actually nice to play baseball in baseball season. Yeah, when it's nice sure. outside, when it's meant to be played.
0: Mm-hmm. But so, uh, so I, I think the last question we're just going to finish up with. Um, you know, for you, you're, you're a guy who's experienced a few arm injuries, you're just like lingering stuff. Maybe like you had one injury and then it just didn't go away once you rehabbed it. Um, And I yeah. think a lot of guys, you know, they get distraught once they're like dealing with that injury. So, I mean, like what advice would you give for like younger guys or guys that are going through like the injury bug almost where it's like, Hey, they just can't seem to get healthy or like, you know, they, they get healthy, and then it's like there's another issue with the same area. Like, what advice okay. would you give them for just, like, pushing through it or anything like that?
1: Well, obviously, there's, there's one question I think you need to ask yourself. It's, you know, is it, you know, is it, like, pain, or is it just sore? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of issue number one. I would say a lot of guys have um, – because they could be sure the next day, and they're like, oh, my arm hurts. I need Tommy John. No, you're fine, dude. You just threw the day before. So, but um, being proactive, I would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you're okay. No worries. All right, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all right. So, I'm taking a mark, and them are not in town okay all right well i'm actually doing a podcast right now so (laughs) no no you're okay (laughs) you're okay
0: is that a host family one of the
1: it's the the dog sitter i guess my host family's not here in town so um but back to that question um (laughs) i would say that you know there's not a lot of people that are proactive Mm -hmm. so they wait they don't do absolutely they do absolutely nothing their arm hurts once and they keep doing the same thing over and over again. That got them hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I could give you this example. I was doing up hybrid B day and for whatever reason, the back of my shoulder was just killing me. And this is before arm care was even a like,
0: yeah. we were doing it
1: at the gym. So I was having this pain and stuff like that. And I got on the arm care or I got set up on the arm care app. Um, started doing the testing, uh, noticed that I had a really significant imbalance between external and internal. So it was just giving me three to four blocks a day, just hammering external strength. And if you guys know arm care, four blocks. It kicks it's your ass. It, yeah, it, it kicks your ass. Me. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, after that, I really haven't had any issues. And it's just all from... You know, building the strength that's necessary to actually be able to throw, you know, at high velocities, yeah. and be safe about it. Right. So,
0: no, I think that's we, the. Oh, let me cut you. Go off. ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think we're really
0: fortunate that we got to start using ArmCare or ArmCare.com once it started because oh, yeah. it was like, I feel like in three years, That's going to be like a staple of the baseball industry and the world of baseball. Is everyone almost everyone's going to be testing their strength on their arm? And we were fortunate enough to be like part of like the first, you know, group of people that were able to test it, run it, see like what the benefits of it are. And I mean, I've used it every day for three years, and I know you're the exact same way. Yeah. And you know, it's awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually got a couple of guys asking me over here too bad. I don't make a mission off of this stuff, but <laughs> I got, I got two. Of uh, my roommate right now got
0: one. He's got, he got a dynamometer. He got set up. And then um, one of my other teammates also got it this past, this summer. So yeah, yeah. we're, we're, we're turning it around and we're, we're pushing that stuff. It's good stuff. I actually had a, yeah. I had an exam yes or the other day that I did really well. I broke 100 on my internal finally. Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's But
0: uh, you you're like you you're a lot like me where the internal is higher than the external and every time the internal goes up or your external goes up, the internal also goes up and you're like I just can't balance it out. Yeah. That's just so.
1: yeah. But I think I've gotten over like needing to be at the at the perfect balance yeah mm-hmm. I mean obviously I still work towards it but you know at the end of the day I'm still getting stronger
0: right and so today you got to pitch if you need to pitch that like yeah, day. yeah
1: <laughs> exactly so and I think that's the frustrating thing during season like dude let me I, I'm not even gonna believe me when I say this but I took a I know arm primer scores a little different than uh fresh exams but Dude, I started PR. I've had PRs in the season now. Oh, yeah. And it's just kind of insane. So, let's see. So, the 25th, I had a total primer of 123.2. Dude,
0: what are you on?
1: Yeah, I had a primer 123.2, and my XL was 75.6. And then my D cell was forty seven point six, so that ratio from D cell to XL is at a 0. 0.63. That's but regardless, that's a that's a PR.
0: <laughs> no, that's a big PR because the highest yeah. I have, like I'm looking at it right now, this was sat this past Saturday. This is the highest one I've had in the last like six, and it was one eleven, and I got I got sixty eight XL and forty three D cell. Yeah. So, it's, like, that's, dude, those are big numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, people don't, that's what progress looks like. These are, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always going to be uphill. but
0: I yeah, know, I'm in the, like, the same exact, but, ooh.
1: Yeah, see? Yeah. it's As long as the trend's going this way. Yeah. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Like, on Sunday, I, I got 70.7 XL and I actually got 51.7 cell, which was a crazy PR. Yeah. Cuz I've I am not able to really work on external strength but for whatever reason
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever I'm doing maybe it was just a good day and the, yeah. f- the dynamometer was hot but <laughs> uh but yeah. So wow. but you know definitely in the offseason I'm looking forward to just pounding external strength yeah. cuz I feel like the, the the higher that number gets the, you know, the harder I throw,
0: right? No, exactly, because your arm's able to handle the load and slowing. Like your arm, exactly. your arm can only accelerate as fast as it can decelerate. It can
1: decelerate, yeah, yeah. So. so, and that's why I think I'm such so like ready to get back to decel mm-hmm. or to just actually training because I I know I got more in the tank, but. At the end of the day, you still have to perform. <laughs> yeah. and no, uh, you, you can't know,
0: buy into. Or
1: yeah, You can't exactly. hold
0: everything up to this standard. Sometimes it's like, hey, uh, the standards here, you're here. Yeah, you said
1: yeah. you just of- got to roll, roll yeah. with that, but know that you know next year you can get to that point. So, mm. yeah. So, well,
0: good stuff. You take anything from this podcast. <laughs> He talked about it how he was lifting even on days he was hot. Do your stuff in season so yeah. you can continue to PR throughout the season. Don't stop doing stuff in the middle of it. But it's good yeah. stuff, Drew. Thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate hey, it, man. Yeah. No, if you. Thank I'm, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna link. I'm gonna link your socials, everything like that. Um, when I start posting this, but. Um, if you're interested in any remote training, I know Drew, you do work with remote athletes at Bimol Elite Athletics. So you program them, you talk to them day in and day out. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, I'll put a little link thing to whether it's email, phone number, please get in touch with us so that we can get it going. But this has been episode one of the Facility Talk podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Uh, Excited to get this thing going. Excited that you were the first guest, man. This is this is fun. Thanks for coming no, on,
1: man. I appreciate it, man. what an honor, man. So I'm ready, ready to see when uh, this thing gets published, and uh, hopefully Joe doesn't go too hard into us on that <laughs> immaculate score. But we'll get, him, we'll
0: get him on here one day. Maybe we'll get all we'll get we'll get you and him on here at the same time.
1: We so, got to get everybody. We got to get JJ.
0: We do Bernie
1: we got to get
0: just the get whole done. squad we just do i'll yeah. just do, i'll go through and we'll get like the individual interviews with everyone and then we'll just yeah let's go all all four of us in the same in the same room everything like that that'll be that that would be a lecture
1: that would be electric i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to being back seeing you back in the winter that's that's yeah. always a fun time in the winter just when well, everybody maybe, gets, maybe, come, that's what
0: that means And we go back yeah. So. oh yeah